Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, this is Jonathan Messenger, and welcome to The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. We're now on episode two of the second season here, and it is a big one. So let's get right into it. Hey, Johnny. Catch. Bebop, ow. Why did you just throw that ball at me? It's the Olympics, man. Get with it. We have to shoot some touchdowns and hit some mean backhands into the back of our opponent's nets. Are you trying to make sports references, Bebop? Let's score some foul balls. Yeah, that's not really a... Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Bebop. Bebop. Yay! You're not supposed to cheer for yourself, Bebop. Three, five, seven, nine. Who's the best host of the show? Griffin. Griffin. Woo! You know, that's fine, Bebop, but cheers are supposed to rhyme. They're not supposed Two, to... Two, eight, twelve, sixteen. Rhyming something with sixteen is really, really hard. Okay, well, <laughs> I think you have the audience here pumped up enough as it is, so let's get right into the episode. If you remember what happened in the last episode, Finn and the team had landed on this strange planet with a possibly made-up name and were recruited to play in an intergalactic space Olympics against their bitter rivals, the not-so-nice Explorer Troop 103 from the Shakespeare A-20 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station. And those kids even got to bring their robot dog with them even though Foggy had to return to the Marlowe. So we're going to pick up right at that moment in episode two. Let the games begin. Four, seven, fish, green. I don't know what any of this means. Yeah, said Finn. Actually, you know, Volley's right about that. You made me send my robot back up to the Marlow. How come they get to keep their dog? It was ruled that while it is mechanical, the dog serves in the role of pet of the explorers, not as a helper or competitor for the Shakespeare team. Abigail walked over and bent down to pet the dog. Ah, uh, he is really cute. So he's not going to participate in the games? The same light-haired Shakespeare boy who'd spoken before walked over. Um, he's a dog. So no, he doesn't play organized sports. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> All of the Shakespeare kids laughed. Okay, yeesh, said Abigail. You don't have to be so testy. The robot dog, unlike the Shakespeare kids, seemed nice. He nuzzled Abigail's shins and let out a little mechanical sigh. <sighs> Okay, well, you know, the least we can do is introduce ourselves, said Finn. Even if we're competing against each other in these games, we're still all on the same team in the end. My name is Finn. I'm our troop's chief detective. That's Abigail, our captain, and then Vale over there is our master at arms, and Elias is our chief technologist. The light-haired kid who seemed to be the Shakespeare's leader said, Yeah, okay, sure. The curly-haired girl on the end there is Cymbeline. The tall girl next to her is Beth. And then the short guy next to her is Romy. And my name is Hamlet. We don't have titles like you guys because we can pretty much do everything. You know, said Vale, for a guy named Ham, 
You'd think you'd be a little nicer. My name is not Ham, the boy said, turning red. It's Hamlet, Hamlet. Whatever you say, Hammy, said Vale. Okay, King, what do you think? Should we get these games started? Game number one, Rocket Sled to the Moon. Elias checked over Vale's rocket sled as Vale strapped himself in. I have to say, said Elias, they were being pretty literal when they named this thing a rocket sled. The small vehicle was shaped like a rocket, except it had a seat where Vale plopped down, his legs stretching out inside to the tip of the rocket's nose. There was a joystick at chest level for moving left and right, up and down. A lever to Vale's left was marked thrust to propel the rocket forward. You feel like you can handle this, Vale? said Abigail. It looks like it could be a little crazy. Oh, I'm sure he'll be fine, honey, said Cymbeline, the curly-haired Shakespeare girl, as she boarded her own sled. He'll come in at least fifth place. The alien athletes were taking their places in their rocket sleds, five total arranged in the center of the stadium. A floating alien sat down on his sled, and his friend strapped him down with six seatbelts to keep him from floating away. A long-legged alien complained to anyone who would listen about how unfair it was that there wasn't a sled his size, but in the end he revealed that his legs actually had ten knees, so he was able to fold his legs up inside just fine. It's still uncomfortable, you know. In the sled next to Vale, one of the chewing gum aliens was trying to climb into his sled, but he was stuck to its side. One of his friends tried to help him in, but then they just got stuck to each other. A third one came along, but he got stuck to the nose of the rocket before he could even reach his friends. Here, said Finn, let me help. He yanked on the one gum alien who was trying to help his friend into the sled and pried them apart carefully. Then he peeled the driver bit by bit off the outside of the rocket, the alien's sticky slime coating his spacesuit. Cold hands, cold hands, shouted the alien before Finn let go and dumped him inside the rocket. Finn wiped his hands on the grass. You know, it wasn't exactly fun for me either, he said. They all turned to look at the alien still stuck to the nose of the rocket. You want some help? said Finn. Oh no, it's okay. I'll just stay here and go for the ride, said the alien. (coughs) The king, standing next to his throne with Paige by his side, called them to attention. When my sergeant here says go, you will blast off and head for the blue light 40 degrees from the north end of the stadium. That is your first hoop. From there, you will see a number of hoops placed throughout the planet's rings. These are to guide you, and you are to pilot your sled through the hoops as you encircle the planet. Should you miss a single hoop, ten seconds will be added to your time at the end of the race. The pilot who completes three laps with the best time wins. The king motioned for Paige to step forward. Racers, ready! She yelled. Glass windshields descended over the pilots, sealing them into their rockets. Vale looked over at Cymbeline, who held up five fingers and mouthed fifth place to him. Engines ready! yelled Paige, and the pilots powered up their sleds. Good luck! Good luck! luck! yelled the Marlow explorers to Vale, who returned a thumbs up. Three, two, one! yelled Paige. Go!
five rockets burst into the air, and they were just specks in the sky within seconds. Vale saw the first hoop and pushed the lever as hard as he could, diving his rocket straight at it. Planetary rings are funny things. Though they look solid from far away, they're actually made up of dust, rock, and ice. Some of the particles are as small as grains of sand. Some are as big as skyscrapers. As Vale steered his sled toward the rings, he decided to stay just on their edge to avoid any of the enormous particles or being slowed down by the ice and dust. He hit the first hoop and was the first one through. The Marlow kids watching on a large screen in the stadium all cheered. Vale saw another hoop light up in the near distance and he banked the rocket around a small meteor and pushed his way through again, the first one at the checkpoint. As the race went on, Cymbeline caught up to Vale and the two were neck and neck, trading off who was first through each hoop, with Vale getting through one hoop first, and then Cymbeline being the first one through the next hoop, and then the next hoop, and then the next hoop. After the first lap, neither of them had missed a hoop, and Vale was in front by just a nose. And as they headed back around again, they spotted the sled of the floating alien, drifting among the rings, no longer racing. The alien had slipped out of his seatbelts, floated up to the top of the windshield, and could no longer reach his controls. He just shrugged as he watched them zoom by. Cymbeline seemed to be teasing Vale. She zipped her sled close to his, almost crashing into him, and then dodged to the outside of him trying to push him further and further into the dust and ice of the planet's rings. Vale was trying to stay calm and keep a steady hand, and all of that trick driving from Cymbeline slowed her down, and when they came around for the third and final lap, she missed a hoop, and Vale was a rocket length ahead of her. Crossing into the third lap, the long-legged alien had to bow out of the race as well, saying it was too uncomfortable for his legs in the sled. That left just Vale, Cymbeline, and the gum alien, that last one was actually gaining on Vale and Cymbeline, mostly because he had pushed the thruster to maximum speed, but then his hand stuck to the dashboard, and he couldn't slow down. Halfway through the final lap, Vale saw an opportunity ahead. A large, cratered meteor was floating between the last hoop and the finish line. He'd seen it on both previous laps. All three of them had had to dodge around it as they passed through the hoop, but Vale had noticed a hole in it a tunnel just large enough to slip his rocket through. And when the three passed through the final hoop, headed to the finish line, he surprised his competitors by laying on the thrust and zipping through the tunnel. He came out the other side and saw Cymbeline looking surprised and angry. The gum alien stuck to the nose of the third sled, peeled a piece away to give what looked to Vale like a thumbs up. Vale set his sights on the finish line when something terrible happened. Cymbeline veered straight into the gum alien sled, crashing into its nose and dislodging the alien along for the ride. That alien flew off and floated down, landing right on the windshield of Vale's sled. What? cried Vale. What? I, I can't see. Move! Move! The gum alien stuck hard and fast to Vale's windshield, just smiled sheepishly. I'm sorry, it said. I'm stuck. Cymbeline was the first to coast across the finish line, the gum alien second, and Vale, unable to see anything, veered off course. 
and had to be retrieved by the king's tugship and brought back down to the planet. What was that? said Abigail, marching up to the king as Finn and Elias helped Vale out of the sled. She clearly cheated. Wait, cheated? said Cymbeline, climbing out of her rocket. I just lost control of my sled, and I tapped into the other one. It could have happened to any of us. It's not like I could have planned that. The king consulted with his guards. <coughs> After reviewing the race, although it is unfortunate what happened, we can't say for sure that it was intentional. So we are giving first place to Explorers Troop 103 from the Shakespeare Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station. Congratulations. The Marlow kids could not believe it. And our sticky friends from the MDR Galaxy won second place, with the rest of you tied for third. Cymbeline looked over at Vale. At least he didn't come in fifth. Okay, so because we have so many games to play in these Olympics, we're dividing this episode into two parts. Today, and then on Friday, we'll have part two, with more intergalactic competition, and hopefully a little less cheating. My editor isn't with me today. He's holding out for the rest of the episode, so I'll just quickly say thanks to Jonah, who's six, from Melrose, Massachusetts. He sent in a sound to Griffin Sound Club. It's in today's episode. It's when the rocket sled's engines are warming up. And then also thanks to Griffin Sound Club member Alice, who's eight, from Chicago, who sent us a few different musical notes that eventually became the achievement sound when the rocket sleds passed through the hoops. You can see both Alice's and Jonah's art on fincaspian.com in this episode's blog entry. That's it, folks. It's to be continued. Griffin and I will be back on Friday. Thanks so much, and we'll see you then. To be continued. Oh, come on. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.